Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. I'm your host, Dwight, aka DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra extra large. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down a deck from yesteryear, making its way back into modern. Also, there's an announcement that I'm making about the show that you may enjoy. Also, Watsy's making an announcement that'll be on our announcement. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. And then finally, the shout out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here. Now, you can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or shouldn't quit my day job? Now, like I ask each and every single episode, do me a favor. Hit that follow, like, subscribe button. It's either on the left-hand side, right-hand side. I, I don't know where it is. Wherever you're streaming this show, do me a favor. Hit that for me. And then do me a fa another favor. Tell your friends and family about the show if they like magic the gathering i promise they'll enjoy this show as well so i want to thank you for the you know joining me on this show it's a new way we're trying to do you know shake it up a little bit but let me begin by saying this episode has been brought to you by greg greg's games that's right greg's games in at 2103 White House, uh, Mercerville Road in Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Now, I love this shop. It's a it's in central New Jersey near the Trenton area. If you're in that New Jersey area and you're near there, it's a moral imperative you check out that shop. The reason why, they're doing live events, all right? So if you're into Magic or Pokemon or other type of games, you may want to check them out. If you're into Dungeons and Dragons or other tabletop games, it's a moral imperative for you to go to Greg's Games and check them out. And while you're there, tell them, hey, I heard about you from MTG Ectoplasm. Greg would love to hear that from you. So remember, please check out Greg's Games at 2103 White House Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. So with that being said, the pleasantries over and done with. Our sponsorship is over and done with. It's now time to get to the meat and potatoes. This is a loaded potato of an episode, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you're excited because I'm jovial, I'm giddy, and it's now time. It's time for segment number one and segment number one has to deal with lantern control that's right ladies and gentlemen lantern control now some of you who are you know you know scratching your head going dwight really dwight you're going to be talking about lantern control in modern come on bro this deck hasn't been seen in a while well you may be right ladies and gentlemen but this deck is making a resurgence the reason why i bring that up is it did exceptionally well in a modern challenge and because of that reason alone uh, it got picked up by attention by you know the one and the only saffron olive of M mtg goldfish right uh renata yes there you go so this gentleman started you know playing the deck and let me just tell you i watched this stream and wow this deck it's slow it's grindy you really have to think you have to you know really focus but it has answers and it has lots and lots of answers so let me begin by breaking this deck down this deck okay lantern control is a low mana cost deck that has 
weapons from Modern Horizons 2. Okay, you're going to go, really, really? What weapons could possibly land to control land from Modern Horizons 2? And this is it. Ready? Urza Saga and Prismatic. Oh, uh, shoot. Pris, uh, prismatic ending. Let me just tell you, those two cards are in the deck. And let me just tell you, Urza Saga is the real deal in that deck. It helps them you know, with their mana base, it helps create a construct, okay, that gets bigger with more artifacts. And then on top of that, oh, it helps them tutor. Let me continue, okay? Because of low mana cost, that tutoring effect allows them to tell, uh, to fetch one mana or zero mana. Well, guess what? Most of the deck is one or zero mana with the exception of one card, which we'll, we will get to when I we look at the deck. Now, the purpose of this deck, honestly, it's a slow grindy deck. It the purpose of this deck is to mill you to death. Honestly, it's to mill you to death. It's it, it's you know it, it's you know a Chinese water torture. I, I you know if you're Chinese and you you take offense, it's not meant to be. But if you know anything about this water torture, it's a little drop of you know water beep 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 on your forehead constantly, and it just drives you nuts. All right. That's what this deck is. Then on top of it, like I mentioned with Ursa Saga, where you get to create constructs, well, this whole deck is artifact heavy, extremely hard artifact heavy. And that for that reason alone, those constructs don't get big. They get huge, all right? They get huge. Now, do I see this deck being played in major events honestly and sincerely the only way i can answer this is maybe the reason why i say maybe is because honestly it takes a a unique individual to want to play this deck most decks if you're if you're a tournament player you want to go in and smash your opponent expeditiously you don't want to sit there and take your time and be willy-nilly no you want to go in and smash 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 you can sit relax get ready for your next event you know drink a cup of coffee get, eat a sandwich so on and so forth relax and then get ready for your next game lantern control is far from that it's complete opposite you're basically winning they may win game one and they stall you out all the way to time where they end up beating you anyways because they milled you out. All right, it's just, this is a deck that I, I truly loathe, okay? Well, there are a few decks that I really do not like, and Lantern Control is definitely one of them. And to see it back really, really completely surprises me. So if you're a person that just likes to stay focused 110% and use all your gray matter to play the deck until, you know, the full hour of completion versus your opponent. And you're going to do that multiple times. Let's say uh, you do it five times in a row. Ugh, dude, that, that deck's for you. It's not for me. All right. So let's take a look at this deck. Uh, I'm hoping the Ravishing Renata actually pulled up the deck. Did you happen to pull up the deck list or no? Yes, I did. Did you? Okay, wonderful. P please bring up the deck list. Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. I, I forgive you. 
well, it's not the deck list that I'm speaking about, but you know, uh, if you look on your cell phone, uh, I sent you a link so you can find it. Just put put an MTG modern, uh, 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 lantern control. So while she's looking this up, there's certain cards in this deck that really are just absolutely that one. Click that one. Uh, next, uh, next one. There you go. Click that one. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being patient with us. Now, this deck, all right, has one welding jar, one soul guide lantern, one pithing needle, one ghoul's collar's bell, one elixir of immortality, one expedition map, two uh, pyrexes of paramodium, four codex shredder, four ensnaring bridge four Lantern of Insight, and four Mishra's Bobbles. Those are the artifacts. Notice, no creatures, right? Now the sorceries. You have three... Exit out of that commercial, please. Uh, they have three Thought Seas, four Inquisitions of Kozilect, four Prismatic Ending, and four Ancient Steerings. That's the sorceries. Now, enchantments, they got four Urza's Sagas. Okay, not bad. But then their lands, okay, which Urza Saga, you can say, is part of their land base because they only got 17 lands. Okay, you got one Inventor's Fair, one Forest, one Swamp, one Academy Ruins, two Concealed Courtyard, three Blossoming Marshes, four uh, Glimmer Voids, and one Spire of in Industry. Okay, so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's Okay. It's it's okay for us. There, there's ways we can work around it. But the key cards that we need to focus on in this deck, first and foremost, is Lantern of Insight. Now, Lantern Insight is one mana artifact, and the thing is that each player reveals the top card of his or her library it's revealed okay i'm sorry i'm screwing up tonight tonight's just one of these nights now the thing is you sacrifice lantern of insight target player shuffle his or her library now the the version that saffron olive was running he was running loris in the deck okay we'll bring that up momentarily the next key card okay that you have to keep an eye out for is codex shredder the reason why Codex Shredder is important, yes, click it. The reason why it's important is because of Lantern Insight looking at the top card of our library, Codex Shredder, what they end up doing is tapping the Codex Shredder and milling the top card. Now think about that, ladies and gentlemen. If we have an answer for them and they know and they see that we have an answer for them, they get rid of our answer immediately that's a huge problem so their goal is you know what we're gonna just leave the, our opponent just drawing lands and nothing more nothing less fortunately most of our answers are in creatures so we can fly over and smash them but i'm gonna keep continue the next card is ensnaring bridge if you don't know, Ensnaring Bridge is a three-mana artifact. Creatures with power greater than the number of cards in your hand can attack. 
Well, because this deck is low to the ground, okay? Let's, if you can do me a favor, bring up the deck list, please, once again. You'll see, if you're watching this live on YouTube, or you're, you're reviewing this on YouTube, you'll see that all the artifacts are zero, one, 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 three, and then one and zero. Very low. The sorceries are it's a black, a black, and then you have the prismatic ending that's an X and white, and then the ancient strings is just a green. So bring it back to the ensnaring bridge. Thank you. You see there, ladies and gentlemen, that they really don't keep cards in their hand. So it makes it extremely difficult for players like myself and you to fly over and get them. But we're going to discuss how we can deal with it. Now, the final card that we have to be concerned, that we have to keep an eye out for, Bong Laojo, is Urza Saga. Now, if you haven't been around since Modern Horizons 2, which that was what, March or April? Maybe June? Uh, let's say April, May. Okay, let's just call it April, May. Urza Saga was released in Modern Horizons 2. This card is insane. It's extremely powerful. This card, you know, is valued. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming between forty to fifty dollars on TCG Player. Let me begin reading it to you. If you do not know the card, it's an enchantment land, Ursa Saga. So it's a, one of those Saga cards that every upkeep, every time you draw a card, you have to put a lore counter on it. So when it, when it immediately comes into play, it gets one lore counter. And basically, you tap it, you gain one. The first lore is that you gain one generic mana if you tap it. Or, sorry, colorless. Let me be correct myself. The second one, second lore, is when Urza Saga gets, you tap two, uh, two generic or colorless mana and it, and you create a zero, 0 colorless construct artifact token with the creature it gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Now, mind you, like I said, there are a lot of artifacts in this deck. A lot. So as soon as these, you know, as soon as they can get a construct, usually that construct is going to be a minimum of a four, four, a five, five, or a six, six. Okay. This this is nasty here. Let me keep on reading to the last lore. So it takes three turns for it to get to this point. Search a library for an artifact card with converted mana cost zero one and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. It's an automatic tutor. It's an automatic tutor that they fetch and boom right onto the library. And you got to consider their artifacts. This this deck is so low to the ground. It, it basically it's free candy to them that's horrific this is this is one of the most scariest cards this is probably one of the main reasons why i've been asking watchy to ban this card now you're gonna go dwight well thank you for telling us that this deck is difficult because the fact that we can't fly over because of ensnaring bridge the fact that they get to see what's coming up and they can mill it right from us. Or the fact that they get a big badass creature 
and they're constantly beating us over the head and they can do it, but we can't do it. Well, basically they use that creature technically to block if they have no guards in hand. But how do we do it? How do us spirit players deal with this deck? Ready? I'm going to tell you how you beat it in Bant. Okay, I'm going to do Azorius and Bant because we have both decks available to us in the modern format. In Bant. What's so special about Bant? Shall we compare to our Azorius brethren? Is the fact that it plays mana dorks. Because it has mana dorks, it allows us to play our spells a lot quicker than the next one. On top of that, ladies and gentlemen, it allows us to sit there and play Coco so we can spit out and vomit creatures immediately so we can smash our opponent over the head over and over and over again. Because the only, honestly, the only true way of beating this deck is to hit and hit and hit. Do not stop. No matter what you do. Get your get your little one mana creatures out there. Get your uh, spectral sailors. Get your um, uh, uh, mausoleum wanderers. Get them onto the blade ASAP. Do not procrastinate on putting a rattle chains. Screw it. Put rattle chains out there. T- turn two if you got them. Put them out there. Reason why? Because you're going to be able to smash with two points of damage. Also, it allows you to have your creatures and put them into play with flash. Because we don't want to sit there and, you know, slow our hand down. No. That's what they want us to do. They want us to be slow. No, we have to be aggressive. We have to poke. We have to poke that bear. Also, you what you got to consider, ladies and gentlemen, is using spells like Spell Queller and Skyclave Apparition. You heard that right. One of the key cards or key cards that we have to be 100% concerned about when facing this deck, to me, are two. Two major cards that, as a spirit player, I'm 100% bothered. I can't do anything about Urza Saga. There's nothing I can do about it because of the fact that it's a land. But what I can do is deal with the Lantern of Insight. That's right. I can sit there and, you know, spell queller that, and guess what? Now they don't get it. Or I can use what? Skyclave Apparition to remove it from the game, and now they don't have it. But I'll be honest with you. 100%. The the one card that bothers me the most is Ensnaring Bridge because that prevents us from flying over and winning the game. As soon as that hits the board, we're in trouble. That's we're, I mean, unless you have Skyclave Apparition, boom, put on the battlefield and exile the card, we're going to be sitting there twirling our thumbs, and then from that point on, they're going to be milling all our Skyclave Apparitions from our hand. I mean, from the top of my library. Now, with the Azorius build, it's the same exact thing. The only difference is you're using your interactivity, your interaction with your creature cards to go after your opponent. Like I said, put your Mausoleum Wanderers in play. Put your Spectral Sailors into play 
expeditiously. Do not procrastinate ASAP. Secret is attack, attack, attack. If you have a spell queller, be mindful in your hand. Be mindful. If you have a uh, skyclave apparition, be mindful. Now, what scares me, what scares me, and I'm being honest, there's Thoughtseize in this deck. There's Inquisition of Kozilek in this deck. It bothers me that knowing that they can sit there and take those cards away from me at any time. But that's why I say make sure you have Rattle Chains on the board. Don't sit on Rattle Chains. Play it immediately. Because as soon as your opponent tries to sit there and... Uh, you know, Inquisition of Kozilek it or Thought sees it. No, 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 my friend. Boom. There comes my Skyclave Apparition and I'm taking something out. I'm making sure 100% I'm taking something out so I get the victory. Now, certain key cards that are in the sideboard that I want you to consider. First things first is Kira the Great Glass Spinner. Now, Kira the Great Glass Spinner, you're going to go, well, Dwight, why? Why would I want Kira the Great Glass Spinner? Well, if you're watching live on YouTube or going back to the replays on, that I'm doing on YouTube, whenever this creature, remember, our creatures get, whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability for the first time each turn, counter that spell or ability. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the only card that we really have to worry about on that and trying to kill our creature is Prismatic Ending. Let's be sincere with one another. With this in play, with Kira in play, they're not doing, excuse me, they're not doing much. The next card is Force of Negation. Now, if you don't got the money for this card, I understand. If you didn't put it in your sideboard. I understand. But I'm telling you, hands down, this is a card you need to consider. Or if you have in your sideboard, if you have it in your collection, and put it in your, your sideboard. Why? Because the last phrase, it says counter-target non-spell, non-creature spell, that is. If that spell is countered, exile it instead of putting it in their owner's graveyard. Now, mind you, their deck has zero creatures zero force of negation is a hundred percent an answer the only difference is are we going to exile a blue card from our hand or we're we going to pay the three mana to play it to exile whatever thing they're trying to cast i personally don't mind discarding a blue card to make sure i get rid of an ensnaring bridge i have no fear no worry about that I welcome that because that's one ensnaring bridge that I don't ever have to see again. Now, the next card is Stony Silence. I know right now this card is not that popular in the sideboards because right now everybody's running another card that I'm going to talk about next. But Stony Silence isn't that popular at the current moment. But this is a card that I want you to know that's out there. For a generic and a white, activated abilities 
of artifacts can't be activated. This enchantment is an answer. Because why? Because anytime they tap their artifacts, guess what? It can't activate. It can't use their abilities. They're, they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs going, what the hell did it do? And their only answer, honestly, are the constructs on the battlefield. Now, if you have a Skyclave apparition and, and you just happen to take out one of the constructs, they're, they're, if they destroy the apparition, they're getting a zero creature, zero, zero creature, which is delicious. But this is one of the key cards you 100% should be considering when playing against Lantern Control. And then finally, Kataki's Wars Wage. A generic, a white, a 2-1 legendary spirit. It reads, all artifacts have at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice that artifact unless you pay one. Okay, it's not bad. I, I, as a spirit, I, I like the spirit. Why? Because it works with other spirits and it helps me uh, set the battlefield so I can come in and beat my opponent. The only problem I have with the card is the fact that these mana, these cards are so low to the ground, they really don't use too much mana. They, they, honestly, there are only about two or three cards in there that have to use mana as their mana ability to tap so it's it's good, but not 100% the answer. I do like it, though. I'm big, you know, I'm a fan of generally of Kataki, but when facing this deck, because the, the deck is so low to the ground, zero on one mana, uh, but that's right. So I'm just making you aware, ladies and gentlemen, that this deck is making the rounds. You know, let me know your thoughts. Reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com and tell me your thoughts. Am I right? Am I wrong? Or am I just making too much of this deck that just came out of nowhere again and making all this noise? Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for my announcement. That's right. I have a special announcement for the show. Uh, it's about time. That's right. MTG Ectoplasm IRL. That's right. I'm going to start doing a show once a week at 8 p.m. I'm going to start this February 1st, starting the Chinese New Year, that is, on Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night, starting February 1st at 8 p.m., I'm going to start a show. And I hope you join me. And it's just going to be an open format where I may bring in a topic, we discuss, yada, yada. And the show is going to be centered around you, the audience. Share your thoughts. Share your wisdom. Share your, if you want to talk about, you know, a popper, let's talk about popper. If you want to talk about modern, let's talk about modern or pioneer. Whatever you want to talk about, it's an open format for Magic the Gathering. And I would, you know, I think it's time that, you know, we have a morning show, thanks to my friend Nikachu, but we need an evening show. And I figured, you know what? I'm here. Why not do it? So do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen, join me, join me the first episode, February 1st at 8 p.m. here at MTG Ectoplasm. 
Now, time for segment number two. That's right. Watsy and their BNR announcement. Realistically, we can drop the R, right? Can we be sincere with you? Ban in the restrictions. How many times have we had a restriction? We haven't had a restriction in God knows how long. And Modern doesn't believe in restriction. But banning. Now, this banning is going to begin on Tuesday. And according to Watsi, it's going to be this glorious, bombastic event where we've, we've seen like last year. Now, if you were around last year during Cal time, we had the same issue. At that particular time, Uro was a deck that people feared, had problems with. They could not beat. But us spirit players did. We were beating that deck 80% of the clip. Uro couldn't stop us. Uro was afraid of us. But everybody else was afraid of Uro. And they banned Uro. Then they ended up, you know, banning the freaky elf or, or fairy from Throne of Eldraine, the Planeswalker. Just because he was too powerful and anytime he destroyed something, oh, you get a 3-3 creature. Oh, well, he's gone. Then you had other bannings. Tybalt. Remember Tybalt and his trickery? That ended up going. So, ladies and gentlemen, do I see the clearing house? Do I see them clearing the way again? Yes. Now, which cards they could be? Your guess is as good as mine, but I'm going to tell you whom, or not whom, but which cards I can, I'll, I'll predict that are gone. They're out of here. The first one is Ragaban, Ragavan Nimble Pilferer. This little monkey, okay, has been causing grief to many in modern. Once this monkey starts, get, gets going, there's really no way to stop, you know, no way to stop him unless you block the damn thing. And sometimes it's difficult to even do that because our opponent has answers. What makes this thing scary is the fact that it creates treasure tokens and the fact that it can cast cards from on top of our library that it exiled. That's horrible. And it has these abilities with dash for one red mana. I've been screaming to the top of my lungs that I want the, my card peekaboo to be made. And it has three, three things. If Ragavan can hit modern and stay in modern for a year. Why can't I get my peekaboo? The next card is Urza Saga. I honestly believe Urza Saga is out of here. I think it's too way too powerful of a card. I think many of us underestimated this saga. We underestimated sagas to begin with. We've had sagas before, and we're like, oh, you know, that's cute. That could be fun. Or I'll put them in this deck over here, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. We build around them. But Urza Saga 
is a heavy hitter. It's seen in a lot of decks currently in the modern meta. So ladies and gentlemen, this is one card that I hands down predict. Now, what will it do to Lantern Control? Your guess is as good as mine. But I'll tell you one thing, it'll definitely affect it. The next card I expect them to ban is Luris. Now, this deck, this card here, Luris of the Dream Den, does see, you know, sideboard play in Lantern Control. It wasn't in this particular deck build, but it does see play in the sideboards. This card, I as I play, explained it to my friends, I considered it a Snapcaster Mage for permanence. This card is evil. Straight up evil. You had Urza's Bobble, or not Urza's Bobble, some other Bobble. Shoot, I, I, if I, I wish I would have wrote it down, but there's another Bobble out there. That allows you to, you know, tap it. Next thing you get to draw a card. And with this, for zero mana, oh, let me just bring it back. Oh, I'll get the fish for a card. I get what I need. Let me just tell you, hands down, Urz, uh, Loris is just evil. Now, I've been, I've been surprised that this cat has been staying around for this long. I don't know why Watsy refuses to pull the plug on this card. But I expect it on Tuesday. He's out of here. Or she's out of here. More like a, I think she's a she. Because she's got a little kitten in the background. And then finally, Cigar is aid. Cigar is aid. Can we be honest with one another? Sincerely. In the Hammer Time build, they already have Pure Steel Paladin. They really don't need Sigarda's aid. The fact that they can sit there and use Ornithopter, tap one mana to bring this into the battlefield, and then the next turn they play Colossus Hammer, attach it to... You know, the Ornithopter and smash you in the face for 10. And then turn three, they have their victory. I'm not going to say it's a fair deck. It's a smart, it's, it's, they, they found the key cards to put it together. Hell, even the card itself, if you look at Sagrada's aid, you see Sagrada handing a hammer to some guy, some individual. But I don't think this is where Watsy wants Martin to be. I don't want I don't think it wants to be a turn three format. I think they want it to be a turn four, maybe five format. So that's why I have a problem with the greatest aid. Since they already have a card like, like I said, Pure Steel Pilot, and that's very comparable to it. Seeing this thing go may slow down the deck just a bit, but still be fair enough for fair decks like spirits to win.
And then this is the final card. I I I got ahead of myself with Sagrada's aid. Is Hilliard sun crowned? I've been screaming from the top of my lungs. This card had to go. Since the fact you had walking ballista, the fact that you had a spike feeder just get bigger on this, that there's other combos with this, and the creature gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger just because the fact they can just do something really stupid, the fact that we're starting live play again, I think it's a moral imperative. The Hilliard is gone. Because this card is really not fun to play against. It's really not. Unless you're playing Hilliard Sunkrind and going, ah, I won. I won by turn three. It's not it's not fun. It's not a fun deck. And I think that's what Watsy's trying to go for. I think they want us to have a good time, to enjoy gameplay. They want us to, you know, have fun. This card is not fun. Now, what does this mean for spirits? I think Wanti, what they're doing in their infinite wisdom is trying to make it easier for fair decks to be competitive. Right now, there are decks out there that are just slightly a hint overpowered. That need to be slowed down, to need need to be brought down to reality. Because they've been too strong for too long. And it's hard to, you know, have innovation and creation, build new decks to sit there and fight the standard old dogs that we see currently. So for me, I'm telling you, the cards that I really think that have potential of getting banned is Raghavan, the nimble pilferer, Urza Saga, Loris, Sagada's aid, and then fin- finally, Heliod's sun crowned. What are your thoughts? Am I right? Am I wrong? Reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Now, finally. It's time for the shout-out shout out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crap, the creme de la creme. Now, I'm going to start in Pioneer. This individual got first place on January 20th, and that's Matthias Vinciacus. There you go, Matthias. The same day, 5-0 with a band build, Ivan Drago. It's nice to see you back, Ivan. Same day, 5-0 with a mono blue snow build, Hiro Tosuke. Hiro Tosuke, glad to see you back, my friend. And then January 21st, first place finish with a mono blue snow build, and that's Ishi Hiroyuki. Ishi Hiroyuki. Congratulations for kicking ass in Pioneer. And then in Modern. On January 18th, 5-0 with an Azorius build, Dr. Queller. Good job, Dr. Queller. On January 21st, 5-0 with an Azorius build, Raging 
Pikey. Congratulations, Raging Pikey. I'm glad to see you back. It's been a while since I've been mentioning your name. And then finally, a new one that I've never seen before. This happened on the 21st as well, 5-0 with a band belt, and that's S-O-M-R. So, Mr., is that what it is? But S-O-M-R. Congratulations for kicking ass in modern. Now, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, have no fear, have no worry. You'll eventually get there. I'll I'll get you. So, with that being said, I want to thank you, the listening audience, the thousands and thousands of you worldwide listening. I'm humbled. I appreciate you being with me uh, from the very beginning. Like I said, this is my newest year, and we're going to try new things. So, thank you for being with me. So, I hope you continue listening on Spotify, on Apple, or Google Podcasts, or now you can watch me live stream on YouTube. So remember, MTG Ectoplasm IRL, Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. starting February 1st. And this is going to be an ongoing show on Tuesdays. All right? So set your calendars once a week, Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. But remember, starting February 1st on the Chinese New Year. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, thank you, and remember, the next time you're kicking your opponent's ass, make sure they say, that's Bushid. I'm out of here.